direct from Music City, this is live from Nashville on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Telling our guest uh, that you um, 
you had, you saw Roy Orbison on the street. Can you tell the audience your story about Roy? <laughs> well, uh, often often in the mornings when I was driving into Nashville, I would come through Hendersonville, Tennessee, and that's where Roy Orbison lived. He was a native Texan, but moved to Nashville and then was living in Hendersonville. And so I would go buzzing down the highway. I think I was driving a Triumph Spitfire at the time. And uh, Orbison would go flying by me in his little red Mercedes convertible. And that happened probably about twice a week for a long, long time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there was no mistaking Orbison with that hair, you know, that dyed hair and those big, thick sunglasses on. But yeah. what a talent. What a talent. Quite a guy. Good Quite story. A guy. Good story. Well, we've got a we've got a quite the show today. Talk about quite a guy. We've got quite the show today. Who are our two guests today? Well, we've got two guests today that I'm so excited to have on. Uh, one of them is a, a friend that I've made here in Nashville, and I, if I could adopt her, I would. In fact, I do tell her. You know, <laughs> I'm your Nashville mama. <laughs> her name is Gable Hay. And our second guest today is coming to us all the way from across the pond. Um, John Lowell is our second guest today. So just just get ready for a great show. All right. And I will have to tell you, John has come back from across the pond, and so he's at home in Montana today. But, uh, yeah, he just got back from England where he was touring. And so we look forward to talking both with John and with Gable but right now, we're going to listen to a great song from Gable's brand new EP. This one is called Trouble. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Gable Hay today on Live from Nashville. Don't go. 
of Gable Hayes' song Trouble from her new EP. It's her brand new, uh, it's her debut EP, and it's uh, entitled, Gable, uh, entitled Gable. And Gable is an artist that has come to Nashville from Texas. Um, she is a breath of fresh air, a beautiful blonde girl. You've got to check her out on social media, and uh, you're just going to love our interview with her because she is she's so much more than trouble. <laughs> she is a real a real gem. So, Gable, welcome. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me here today, y'all. Oh, we're excited. Hey, Gable, how are you? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Gary? Good, good, good. So I've got to ask, how did you get from Texas to Nashville? <laughs> and well, don't tell me that it was a bus or a car, just, you know. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to hear that. <laughs> well, I've always been a little bit of a Tennessee girl. So before I lived in Texas, uh, my parents actually lived over in Knoxville for like oh, wow. the first. Okay. Yeah, yeah, about the first eight, uh, until about I was eight or nine. And I loved it in Knoxville. We were pretty close to Smoky Mountain National Park, and uh, yeah. we just became a part of the community. And uh, when we moved to Texas, it was really, really different. And I love Texas, too, for all the things that, of course, Texas is known for. Uh, but my heart just was always kind of calling me back to Tennessee in some sort of way. And the way that my life has just worked out with music and everything, Nashville just seemed to be the place. And I'm so lucky and blessed to be here now. Well, welcome to Nashville. We're glad to have you. Where in Texas were you? My family was in Dallas. So okay. not not the most Small well known, amazing. Small town. Yeah, not, not yeah. totally. Little, tiny, little bitty, bitty town. But uh, yeah. my mom's family, my mom's entire side of her family, they're all from Uvalde. And my okay. dad is a very big fisherman, so every weekend we would go out to Mineola in East Texas to go right. fishing. All right. So I spent plenty, plenty of plenty. time out in the country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm going to remind our listeners out there, if it weren't for Tennessee, there would be no Texas. And uh, so we, we oh, kind of had a hand Mr. in Holt? Well, yeah, Mr. We Sam Houston... Mr. Sam Houston was the governor of Tennessee, and then he was the first president of Texas. So, yeah, I mean, you know, all of all of that war that was going on, Davy Crockett, and, yeah, all of these guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Very true. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome, Texas. <laughs> have to put them in their place every now and then, you know. Yeah, every now and then. Gotta remind us, y'all are the volunteer state. That is right. That is right. That's how we got our name. It did not come from the Vols in in Knoxville, Tennessee. We were actually were the volunteer state before that. So Mary Kay was just talking about the fact that you are such a gem, and uh, she would just she just adopt you if she could. But we're going to get to another song right now, and this is a song about a gem. It's called "A Diamond in a Rhinestone." Tell us about this diamond in a rhinestone world. Uh, yes, Diamond in a Rhinestone World was ex was mm, it was inspired by my own personal kind of experiences and struggles with my uh, body image and self worth and all the things that I think people typically struggle with but don't always admit. 
and I had had this idea written down for a while. Dolly Parton was actually a big part of it too. One of her songs. Wow. Uh, I believe it's yeah, yeah. It, it, I believe it's Tennessee Homesick Blues right near the end. She says it's hard to be a diamond in a rhinestone world, and I just love that. Aww. And I always kind of carried that with me. Um, and one day I sat down to write with one of the co-writers of the song, uh, Andy Renfrey, and we were talking through it, and she was sharing some of her struggles too, and just the back and forth ended up creating this song. Well, this is a great song. It is from the self-titled EP Gable, and let's take a listen to that and come back and talk more today with Miss Gable Hay on Live from Nashville. Shine me now that I finally discovered God designed me in the perfect cut and color. I'm not for everyone, and that's okay. You're gonna see just what I'm worth someday. I'm a diamond in a a diamond in a rhinestone world It wasn't easy Took a while to realize the truth that set me free Find the beauty in disguise Now I understand what life's about Gotta love
That is just so beautiful. I love that song. And, you know, Gable, I predict that this song is just going to be so special all throughout your career. Can you all hear me? Oh, yeah. Can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> we can oh, hear good, you loud good, and clear. Good. I oh, really good, hope good. so. I really, I just, I see, I think I told this to one other singer for a song that we she played here on our show, but there are some songs that define a career, and this is definitely, I think, one of the songs that will define your career, Gable. It's it's beautifully written, beautifully sung, and just a great message. So you'll you'll be singing this song for a long time, honey. Oh uh, well, it's one of the songs that I love most off of this project. So here's the hoping for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, I was listening to the production of this. This song, this out, this EP was produced by a good friend of ours, um, Mr. Ren Renfrey with um, Soundcatcher Studios. And the production that he can get out of songs is just amazing. And uh, how was it to work with and with Ren Renfrey to produce the album? Ren was amazing. I was so worried going into this that the vision that I had for all the songs and for the EP in general would not come across because I do have a more old school country kind of Americana folk, whatever you want to call it, kind of style. And I, especially here in Nashville, you know, in the past, I've had a lot of different people try to turn me into like one of the pop country kind of hit folks that's around right now and there's nothing wrong with that at all I mean that definitely has its place but it's it's just not what I want to do with my music so he was wonderful in listening to everything that I wanted into all the examples I had uh, in terms of production for the different songs and working with me and creating a product that I'm really proud to put my name on yeah it's just beautiful that fiddle work is done by a good friend of ours Myrna Lewis Mm-hmm. Just amazing. She was also in the the first song, Trouble, and uh, wow, great Myrna, production on this album. Myrna is just incredible. She's so talented. She was also wonderful to work with. She's just one of those people who can look at a, a lyric sheet and listen to a song one time and have the perfect fiddle lines mm-hmm. to put in it. She's just so incredibly talented. I'm so, so grateful to have had her on this. Well, they're grateful to have you and have your writing that's, that you produced this album. And so you're doing a great job with us, but I just want to say, always be true to yourself. Don't let people try to turn you into something that you're not. And uh, if you do that, you'll be not only successful, but you'll be happy. And uh, and you yeah. can be a blessing to those people that listen to what you have to sing and say. But uh, which leads us right into this song, Birds of Blessing. Oh, good, good. How was that for a lead-in? Was that pretty good? That was. I had a question. That was I'll a, save it for the next. Save it for the next one. But uh, tell us about Birds of Blessing, Gable. Oh, well, Birds of Blessing came about after, unfortunately, this is a bit sad, y'all, uh, my grandmother passed away, and that was a very, very oh. odd day. So uh, I actually had grown up with a story in the Smokies 
and actually that it's a generally just an Appalachian story, but about cardinals and cardinals being a symbol of pe- people and loved ones who have passed away in someone's life. And whenever you see a cardinal, it's a signal from that person that they love you, they miss you, they're there, and, and to kind of remind you of them and their presence. And so on the day that my grandmother passed, um, it was during the giant snow we had in Nashville that froze pretty much the entirety of the South and Texas. And um, I was woken up by all these birds outside of of my window, and they were mainly cardinals. There were at least like 50, 75 just cardinals and robins and all. Yeah, it was crazy. It was so, so loud. I have never seen birds behave that way before then or since. And uh, I thought, oh, that's so odd. And uh, then later that day in the afternoon, my grandmother's sorority sister, Prudy Orr, who they have been friends forever, Prudy texted me, which is really, really odd um, because she's she's typically in general just much closer to my sister. Prudy, Prudy is wonderful. But um, she texted me. She's like, hey, Gable, I haven't heard from your grandmother in a while. Is she all right? And I thought, oh, that's that's kind of odd. So I tried to call my parents and didn't hear anything and I was like all right and then I was working on this this project that I actually interviewed my grandmother for for a podcasting class at Belmont uh, where I was fortunate enough to go to school to learn about music and music industry Uh, and editing the interview that we had done together and my mom called me and told me that she had passed away and the combination of those events brought about the inspiration for this song. So even though I love her and miss her so much, you know, she she left behind one last little gift. Aww. Well, let's take a listen to Birds of Blessing. It's Gable Hay. You're listening to Live from Nashville.
special guest for this first segment today is Miss Gable Hay, and uh, you're listening to Live from Nashville, heard at equestrianlegacy.net, on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, iTunes, and Spotify. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. And um, Mary Kay, I had interrupted you a while ago. You had a question for Gable. <laughs> well, I was... Um... Being a musician and singer-songwriter, especially a young up-and-coming singer-songwriter in Nashville, um, there's a lot of competition. And I was just wondering, Gable, what is what is your strategy now that you're not um, that now that you're not in school and you're pushing this new EP? Uh, how do you move forward every week? Do you set weekly goals of what to accomplish? Um, what is your What's your work schedule look like for 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 you? Well, I definitely set weekly goals, not only in terms of practicing and and shows and uh, set lists and all those sorts of things, but also in business terms. Uh, in terms of, especially for this EP, I've had a lot of them. In terms of making sure that everything on my website is updated and keeping up with recent uh, social media trends and things to grow my audience and all the different things that you have to stay on top of in order to stay competitive in the market. And um, yeah. I, I actually work uh, on the business side a little bit here in Nashville. And so getting to work with, with people in the industry helps a lot with that as well. Good. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I really watch, I love watching you, you know, work and you, getting out there and making sure you're you're networking and you know showing up for open mics, scheduling performances. It's such an odd world because I've been a singer songwriter not in Nashville, and um, you know there's just less of us out there, you know. And so I would get paid to sing quite a bit, um, but the the difference is when you're a singer, you know, singing or, you know, for pay is you're asked to do cover songs quite a bit. And as you're building a, a biz, as you're building your career as an, an artist, as a singer songwriter, you know, you really have to be careful about how you allocate your time and talent. It's not the best thing for your, your career to go do cover songs. This is what we call covering other people's music. 
So I noticed that you are very, very careful with how you allocate your time. Would you say that you are careful? And Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, especially since I am so busy, I don't think I have time to not be careful <laughs> with yeah. the way that I allocate all of my time. Uh, yeah. and, and getting getting mentorship and advice from, from folks like y'all, it, it definitely is a big help with all of that. So I have a well, question for we're you, glad Gable. To be here. I have a question for you. Uh, you're, you're, I mean, everybody's young for me, everybody's young, but you know, when I look at young people <laughs> yeah. like you, it's like, you know, barely out of high school, it looks like to me, but you, you've attended Belmont. Um, but when did you start, when did you start writing? How did you decide you wanted to make music a career? And is it as a performer, as a writer? What, what is your emphasis? That's a really, really good question, Gary. So uh, in terms of when I started writing, I really only started writing in high school. And up to that point, um, it was about around my senior year. And up, up to that point, I actually had been uh, an opera singer. So before going really? to college, I was part – Yeah, yeah. So uh, wow. before going to college, um, I, was an opera, I was an opera singer. I was classically trained and part of a private studio out in Richardson, uh, which is a suburb of Dallas. Uh, and I did tons of competitions with the National Association of Teachers Singing, uh, NATS for short, uh, the Richardson Music Teachers Association. I even got to be part of the Carnegie Hall High School Honors Performance Program in New York. And wow. uh, won a little, yeah, yeah. Wow. I won a little bit of scholarship money and traveled a little bit for it, and um, by the end of it all, I could sing in about seven different languages, a bunch of different songs, um, and had... Now, I'm impressed. I, I, I am impressed now. Seven different languages. I'm impressed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it, and it was, it was really kind of my sport because I was so artsy and so musical, and the school that I went to really, you know, it's Texas. There's going to be more of an emphasis on sports anyway, but, you know, the majority of the emphasis was definitely on football. Pretty much everyone centered around <laughs> football, and I, I was just so artsy. Texas <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Tennessee, it's, it's Texas. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's Texas, the South too here in Tennessee. I mean, it's bound to happen. So um, right. I was so grateful for that opportunity that I had with my music teacher, Miss Cherry, and she she was wonderful. Took me under her wing and taught me so much uh, in terms of musicality uh, and music theory, and and really set me up for a lifetime love of music, regardless of what I ended up doing. But uh, as I got closer to to college or you know after high school depending on what I was going to do uh, I started looking around and I looked at a couple of schools in terms of music teaching to see if teaching would be a good uh, path for me and it just didn't really seem to quite fit and I was lucky enough to find my music business program so that I could get my bachelor's of business uh, just in case you know you know, and I I use all of those skills, even working as like a singer songwriter as I am now. Definitely, I think, yeah. And in everything, I mean, I use everything my professors taught me, uh, because it is at the end of the day, uh, it's a passion, it's a love, but music is is a business. 
And uh, you have to treat it like a business when it's time to treat it like a business and treat it like a love when it's time to treat it like a love. That's right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. in terms of what you asked about in terms of, of goals and overall, uh, you know, kind of the big dream, whatever, I really yeah. believe in real country music. I really, truly believe in the storytelling, in the history behind it, in the people that make it possible. And I feel like, at least on the industry side of things, especially here in Nashville, um, a lot of people who work in the industry, even though they're they're wonderfully intelligent and have done so much, don't always under understand that or, or cater to people like me who, who really like the storytelling elements and and the more truer production that shows somebody's true voice and some of those other things that I feel like makes country music country music. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Me, I would love to bring some of that more, uh, you know, back into the fold however I can, whether it's it's writing for other people, putting my own music out there, all of it. Nice. I love that. Well, well, Belmont was a great place for you to to cut your teeth, and uh, and it's produced so many different artists and so many different people that are are excellent in the music business who are not necessarily performers, and uh, and I, I think it's great that you got a background in that. Always will always will stand you in good stead. There is another yeah. song I got to get to, and this one <laughs> is kind of an interesting title to me. Cicada Summer. So tell us about the cicadas. Ah, well, cicadas, I love cicadas. I love the way they sound. I love that at different temperatures, depending on where you live on the country, it affects the the way and the frequency at which they buzz. Um, And especially living where I've lived in Texas and in Tennessee, cicadas are so prevalent everywhere during the summertime. I love the way they Mm. sound has become one of those memories that I think about and look back on and, and that I love. But this song in particular, uh, it, it doesn't just relate to that memory, but also of, you know, kind of my first love. Well, and, let's uh, take a listen. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's, uh, it's all right. Yeah. It just, it, uh, it relates to kind of my first love and, and looking back on that, the time that we spent together, when we were younger and even though, you know, things did not work out, um, being able to look back on those memories and, and smile and appreciate them for what they were. All right. Well, let's take a listen to Cicada Summer and we'll be right back to talk more with Gable Hay today on Live from Nashville.
Hay to Summer with our special, special guest, Gable Hay. Gable, I'm sure you have new fans after this radio show today. Um, Gary and I always love hearing from listeners who tell us new artists that they've discovered and ordered their music. So when we have folks that are looking for you, what's the best way to get in touch with you and get a hold of music? All right. Well, so you can follow me on all social media media platforms uh, for every single one, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever you fancy. It's at it's I-T-S just Gable, G-A-B-L. <laughs> and, <laughs> and how do you spell your last name? So I guess he, people don't need that, though, do they? No, I usually just go by Gable on everything. And actually, y'all have proved a very good example of why today on this show, because my last name is He. It's pronounced He, uh, and it's spelled. Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> We've right. always said okay. your name wrong. No, everybody uh, does. Yes. And it's spelled H-E-A. It's very odd. Nobody gets it right. Nobody. And so it's why I only go by Gable. It's it's a lot easier for people to remember and to find. Um, and if y'all want to listen to my music, the first single in terms of streaming will be available this next Tuesday, Woo-hoo! May the 9th, and uh, that is going to be Rumor Mill that we were talking about, and also, uh, if you want to go ahead and buy the entire EP, it is up on my website for pre right. now, and it will get sent out on that release date, and my website awesome. is com. All right. Awesome. So, Mary Kay, it's your fault that I called her Hey. It's your oh, fault. No, I I'm going to blame you I for that. Was, and Gable has such good manners. She never corrected me, and maybe she never heard me say it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, if I'm going to be your national mama, I need to know how to say your name. So. Oh, That's right. It's that all is right. right. It happens to the best of us. And oh, gosh. It's okay. All right. Well, Gable, you have been a ton of fun to visit with today, and uh, you're going to have a stellar career here in Nashville, Tennessee, and we look forward to having you back again on the show. Thanks so much for being with us. We're going to close with that single, Rumor Mill, and tell us a little bit about that before we go. Well, Rumor Mill being my first single, I really thought about it, and it's it's definitely one of my favorite songs as part of this EP. And really, it was exciting inspired by experience that I have and other people that I know have had with gossip in their hometown. And, you know, to me, (laughs) gossip seems like America's uh, second favorite pastime besides baseball, of course. (laughs) And, uh, you know, for sometimes it can be light and fun and just kind of something to do to pass the time. And sometimes it turns into something a little bit more can get out of hand and, so this is just kind of telling uh, the stories uh, behind that gossip and calling it out a little bit. All okay. right. Well, this, this is, is Rumor Mill. Andy, Andy Winfrey is the co-writer on this song, and she's just a good friend of both of us. And I remember her telling me about this when you guys wrote it. She was so excited. So that's all I have oh, to say. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Well, it's a great song. Gable has been a great guest, and uh, you can – pre-order the EP Gable, and uh, we look forward to having you back again with us hopefully very soon, Gable. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you guys so much. Thank you for having me. 
singer-songwriter. He entertains across the country as well as in Europe and England. We'll be right back to talk with John Lowell in just a minute on Live from Nashville. song 
and uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But uh, glad to have you back. So let's bring our audience up to date just a little bit. All right. Um, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, how you got started in the music business, and how you have become such a phenomenal success across the country and in Europe. Well, that's a well, big I'm question right there, by the way. Phenomenal success. That's a big, that's a big question right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a big question. It is. Um, gosh, I don't know. I started playing guitar when I was about 12 or 13 and uh, started out uh, learning John Denver songs and then was bitten by the bluegrass bug when I was in high school and played bluegrass exclusively for maybe eight, nine years. And then my eyes were opened by some friends that had much uh, more diverse influences to the big wide world of music beyond bluegrass. And um, yeah, um, <laughs> it's just it really was an epiphany of just realizing just holy cats, there's so much good music out there, and I'm missing it by yeah. just focusing, laser focusing on bluegrass. Okay. So yeah, I uh, I still love bluegrass, and I I still will play it, but um, I've um, been into the singer-songwriter thing now for maybe, I don't know, you know, 25 years, 30 years, something like that, and uh, right. I've always played played and written uh, Western songs, and so this, uh, the, the CD you were talking about, the recording, She's Leaving Cheyenne, um, was a pandemic project for me. I thought, you know what, I've been playing this Western music for so long, but I've never recorded it. So it was kind of a theme-based project. But um, And I'm just gratified and thrilled with the, the acceptance of the Western music community to me. Because oh, I'm that's just this so cool. New guy on the scene. And uh, everybody's yeah. so, so friendly and everything. But that's, you yeah. know, I've been playing that stuff. It's not anything that I've, uh, it's not a world I've been engaged in. Well, you know, I was thinking earlier today about the fact that you are so diverse in, in your music, whether it's bluegrass, Americana, Western. Um, I, who was it that decided that there were genres? Why did it not just become great music? I don't know. It was not you any know, of the three of us. I can guarantee you that. I, it wasn't me. Yeah. No, it wasn't no, me. me I still call it just great music, you know, whether it's a bluegrass yeah. or Americana. But yeah. uh, and and we're we're playing a little bit of everything today during this segment on the show. A little bluegrass, a little Americana, a little western. But uh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted to talk just a little bit about uh, your trip to England. You just got back from England not too long ago, and and right. so what are you doing over there? What are you doing over there? Well, it was a twofold um, trip. I was initially hired to um, there's a, a music camp over there that I've been to eight times now. Um, okay, it's called Sore Fingers, and uh, I highly <laughs> recommend it to uh, anyone who loves. It's it's kind of yeah, it's a great name, isn't it? Mary Kay knows what you're talking about with sore fingers. Yeah. 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 It's it's kind of a bluegrass oriented camp, but it's uh, been going for 25 years now. It's in the Cotswolds area of of England, held at a boarding school that's um, empty because the kids are all gone for Easter break. And um, it's, there's, 
probably 250, 300 students that show up there. And uh, oh, wow. I've taught guitar there five times and singing once and now songwriting twice. And so that's what I was over there for, to teach a, a week of songwriting. And um, But uh, since I was going over there anyway, and I have a brand new grandson, my my very first grandchild. My Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. He's four months old tomorrow. And uh, I have I have two daughters, and they both live in England. And the older one, who is married to a fine uh, British fellow, they have this new baby, my grandson. So I went over to meet him and then went down to Sore Fingers and taught songwriting for a week. So it was kind of a, uh, a two-pronged trip. Wow. Wow. That's lovely. Wow. Well, I want to get to another okay. song real quick. And then come back and talk a little bit more about your traveling and, and your music, uh, because it's not only here in the United States, but I, I noticed that you've got a Germany trip coming up before long. We'll talk a little right. bit about that. But uh, this song is called Daydreamer's Waltz. Can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, that one was written a long time ago, and uh, it's... Uh, um, I just recorded it in probably 2000 and well, it was on a record that came out right before the pandemic. I released it in October oh, wow. when the pandemic shut the world down in March. So um, that was on a, a record of all original songs, but um, the song itself I'd written a long time ago. Um, it just, uh, it was, I had the melody in my head and the, the, the hook of, Daydreamer's Waltz just kind of popped into my head, and so I just wrote it from that. But uh, I was really lucky to uh, to have Bill Payne from the band Little Feet play piano on that one. And uh, wow. Bill lives just down the valley from me, so he's a friend. I see him at trivia nights, and you know he comes over to the house every now and then. And his his wife Polly is developed used to be a graphic designer until she hung it up. And um, but um. Yeah, that record is called, the whole record's called This Long Stretch of Gravel. And um, the whole record is all original songs. And Daydreamer's Waltz is, is one of them. I think it's the second cut. And uh, I got Becky Buller from Nashville to play fiddle and sing on it. And uh, Bill Payne to play piano. And yeah, I'm I'm happy with the way it turned out. Well, this is a great song. Let's take a listen to that. Daydreamers Waltz. We'll come back and talk more with John Lowell today on Live from Nashville. Oh, 
he uh, he apparently won the same award I did. I won the the Working Cowboy Song of the Year from the right. Uh, right. International Western Music Association this past fall, and he won that same award uh, a couple years ago. And uh, right. He was um, he was he was so nice, and and everybody down there. I mean, um, Bernie Nelson has moved moved there from Nashville to Fredericksburg. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I think I I see uh some time for my wife Joanne and I down in Fredericksburg here. Uh, okay. more than more than just a passing visit. Oh, that's great. It's, it's that's interesting. Great. Yeah, it's interesting as an artist that things kind of move like that. And I guess the other thing I wanted to say is that western music unlike um a lot of other genres including bluegrass it's a genre of music that's less based on the musicality and more based on lyric content. So it encompasses a lot of different styles. Um, and the lyric, the lyric um, content is really what defines it as Western. It's the most interesting and bizarre and exciting thing for an artist to discover that because it opens up the whole world musically to you and helps you also in lyric right in your lyrics to kind of focus on gives you an area to focus on lyrically in an honest to focus on it honestly and so anyway so i'm so excited that um the western world has found you well i'm glad i found the western world too <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've, I've, uh, I've okay. been uh i've been doing this for so long you know the, this Western music, but I've never stepped foot into the whole the whole world of of all the folks that that do it on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, well, there's some were pretty, pretty at, talented folks out there. Pretty talented folks yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to look back yeah. at the last, I, I think I, I counted them up the other day. I think I have 15 albums that I've I've done. Yeah, most wow. of them, you know, with band with bands and and uh, you know other groups and duos. I have a, a a duo with a dear friend of mine out of Idaho, a guy named Ben Winship. We have a a duo called the Growling Old Men, and uh, <laughs> we've kind of we've kind of we've grown into it. When we started, you know, 25 years ago, almost 30 years ago now, we were uh, we were a lot younger than we were 30 years younger than we are now. Oh, um, wow! But um. But um, so I have I have probably four albums with Ben and uh, you know a few with uh, bands and and uh, I think now three solo albums and total a total of fifteen. But uh, wow, um, what uh, I was going to say is if you look back on those on every single one of those things, there's some sort of at least one, probably more Western songs on those things that I've written. So I've been doing That's it for so a long time. It's just it's. Uh, yeah. It's just like I said, I just haven't uh, stepped into the world of of Western music, and uh, I'm 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 thrilled that uh, the reception I've got. Oh, well, that's great! That is great. Well, uh, we want to get on to some more music, and uh, and I love the title of this song because yeah. it kind of strikes home for me. Don't be late for dinner. So you got to <laughs> tell us how this song came to be. Uh, well, it's obviously kind of a humorous song. Yeah, that's a good question. I really, 
<laughs> the thing that when I think of this song, I think I I had wished I had I wish I had arranged it so it was longer, because I had a fun time with this song and my good friend Chris Cool out of Ontario um, played banjo on this thing and he he just he just knocked it out of the park, and every time I hear it, I wish I could hear more banjo and it was longer. But yeah, I don't yeah. I really. Don't remember where this song came from, but uh, I do remember working on it as I was driving to Missoula and uh, coming up with a couple of verses. That's all oh I can gosh. tell you about it. All right. Well, That's it's Don't Be Late for Dinner. Some of you may be able to relate to this song. Let's take a listen.
Thomas and, and Herta Karner. And Thomas is a fantastic musician, primarily a bass player, but he's a multi multi instrumentalist. And uh, I won't um, I won't bore you with the whole the whole progression of things, but how it's turned out is that uh, I now have a trio with a with Thomas, a German bass player, and Martino Capo Copo. I'm sorry. Martino Copo from Italy, from Genoa, Italy, who's a great mandolin player, and um, and me. So we have this multi-international trio that's been brought together by the love of the same music, wow. and um, and uh, we're in the middle of recording a new record, and um, uh, that's the group I'm going to be touring with in in Germany next next October. That's and, great. Uh, yeah, we yeah, we just call ourselves CKL, which stands for Copo, Carner, and Lowell, and uh, <laughs> we we have a uh, we uh, we're doing a tour in Germany next fall, and then we're doing a showcase at a, a Roots festival or a Roots conference in Ireland next January. We were oh, wow. supposed to do it last January, and uh, um, I came down with COVID along with my wife wow. Joanne, and we were in, we were in Florida at the time, and uh, we <laughs> we were about two weeks into a uh, three week or a five week tour and I was at I was playing at the 30A songwriter festival and came down with covid and so I had to cancel oh my goodness my my wow. last set at at the festival and the and the rest of the tour and we and, and we canceled our plane our plane flight home and drove home for 4 wow. days through the in the middle of winter I oh, think no. I followed you along that bad. journey yeah I think I followed you yeah. along that journey <laughs> Joanne was doing quite a bit of writing about that, I think, posting well, she, <laughs> on there. Yeah. She's very prolific. In the there she media. is. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, it was not ideal, but it was the right thing to do. And uh, yeah. yeah, good experience. <laughs> wow. We wow. travel wow. well together, as it turns out. We, we, we're good, we're good <laughs> road buddies. That's awesome. Well, Mary Kay and I are pretty good road buddies as long as we have enough to eat and then we run into problems. <laughs> but we're pretty good. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> nice. We're less good. We're uh, yeah, you've got to have enough to eat. That's for sure. you got to have enough to eat. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, we have a big audience in Germany. As a matter of fact, I think our third largest audience is uh, Germany. It's the U.S., Canada, Germany, and then uh, a strong audience in Italy and and nice. around the world. And we appreciate all of our listeners, wherever they are. But um, good things are coming my way. Tell us about this one. Oh, yeah. You know, I, that one, the melody came to me first on that one. And, and I was down at this little lodge south of uh, South of Livingston, about halfway between here, which is Livingston, and Yellowstone Park, and um, this melody came into my head. And so, as I often do, I'll just kind of find myself a quiet little spot and sing the melody into my phone, and okay. uh, yeah. and, the, and then I label it to as to where I was or some sort of you know thing that Landmark. identifies the yeah. melody or where I was. And so for a long time, this was thing. This was called the Pine Creek Melody, and uh, okay. But I, I I saved it, and I was listening to it, and I thought that's I like that. I think I can do something with this thing. And so I don't know where the good things coming my way um, came from, but uh, 
I like the positive vibe of the whole thing. And then Definitely, I have a buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I have a I have a buddy that lives in England who's a fantastic bass player, but he in fact he played bass on the entirety of that uh that I'm leaving, she's leaving Cheyenne record. His name is Ben Summers. He's in, he lives in London. And not only is a fantastic bass player, but he plays saxophone. And he used to play wow. saxophone with with Seal. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. Goodness. And so well, I'd say he's, he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. In fact, I saw him. I hung out with him a lot in this uh, this last trip over to England a couple of weeks ago. And um, anyway, I I I asked him if he would play bass or play saxophone on this thing. So, and he did, and he's he's fantastic. And yeah, I really like this song. Good thing. I just it's, well, this is there's so many so many songs out there that are are bummers, but this one's this one's a feel good song. All right, well, let's take a listen to Good Things Are Coming My Way. We're talking with John Lowell today on Live from Nashville.
a big cow uh, calf outfit called uh, the, the Swan Land and Cattle Company. And it, it, at one point during its existence, it was owned by an absentee owner from England. And I got to thinking, what's it like, what would have been like before barbed wire to be working for some guy that didn't even live in this country that just showed up every now and then? <laughs> and you're a, you're, you're a cowboy that's working for, yeah, maybe a dollar a day if you're lucky. And uh, for yeah. some guy you've never even met. And, and you know, cowboying, it's, even now it's a really hard job. And back then, I think it was even it was even harder. So that's where that came from. And, and there was a lot of immigrants back then. Most of the most of the uh, the cowboys back in the 1800s were not born in this country. They were immigrants. And, right. Uh, about a third of the cowboys were were black. They were right. freed slaves. And that's right. something that Hollywood doesn't show you. You know, they show you Roy Rogers and Gene Autry and that kind of stuff, but but um, uh, so it was a totally different scene than what what is depicted these days. So that's just, that's just what I was thinking. I was just thinking, what was it like to be an immigrant from Scotland and ended up being a cowboy and and being stuck? So that was that was my my thought. Angus McKenzie, it is the award-winning song. We're talking with John Lowell. You're listening to Life from Nashville. Winter wind blows, the cuts clear to my 
the spirit just moved no you. The spirit just moved yeah. you on this one. So anyway, right. all right. Well, John, appreciate you so much. This is the rhythm no, of the wheels. We'll be back in just a moment. Thank you. Thanks. So much. Dusty sun is slowly rising Burning orange and crimson through the haze Along the empty street I slowly drag my feet down to the place Where I spend my days To the lucky star fuel and service station Where I feel attacked with freedom now and then The cars are pulling here Gas up and then they disappear I know they won't be back again Bobby took a job out at the foundry We've been the best of friends since we were three With two kids and a wife Who have that job for life This isn't how we thought the life would be when we were young, we'd sit down by the rail yard And we'd talk of all the places we would go The years slipped on by, but it's not too late to try And so tonight, when I hear that whistle blow It's goodbye to a town that's going nowhere Hello to the dreams I thought had died Riding on old number nine past the city limit sign Flying down that highway The rhythm of the wheel. 
John Lowell, The Rhythm of the Wheels. And uh, Mary Kay, John was so much fun to visit with. Just a great guest. Yeah, and and I guess you can go ahead and I guess you can go ahead and adopt Gable if you'd like. You know, I won't okay. I won't fuss. <laughs> <laughs> but such a fun show today. Such a fun show. So be sure and get their music. Gable has her first EP out. It's self-titled Gable, self-titled Gable. And uh, you can follow her on social media and her website as well. And then John John has 15 albums. You can pick and choose or get all of them. And uh, visit his website to do that as well. Well, anything that you'd like to say before we go today, Mary Kay? I just love the conversations and being able to talk to musicians about music, my favorite thing. Well, it's a lot of fun, and I, and I hope you're enjoying this. This I know this is new for you to be on this side of the mic, but you're doing a good job, darling, <laughs> and uh, we appreciate oh, that. I you. want to tell folks that we have uh, Nash West Adventures, and we are going to Abilene, Abilene? Oh, Amarillo. We're going to Amarillo. Amarillo. <laughs> Amarillo, Texas, and Paladura Canyon in October, and uh, we'd like for you to go with us. So if you would visit our website at equestrianlegacy.net, click on Nash West Adventures in the uh, menu bar, and you can find out all about that. But that's going to be three days. It's going to be a great weekend and uh, so much fun. Ride Paladura Canyon, visit wineries, visit museums. Uh, be entertained by the one and only Mary Kay and Tisha McKenna and a big chuck wagon dinner on the final night that we're there. So it's all going to be a lot of fun. Visit our website, equestrianlegacy.net, and click on Nash West Adventures. Well, darling, it has been a lot of fun. And uh, do you remember a few weeks ago we had Mr. John McEwen on the show with us, and he is the founder of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. So we're going to close out the show today. He actually has a book out, too, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? And so we're going to close out the show today with the Nitty Gritty Dirt Bands, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? We invite you to join us every Saturday for Live from Nashville. And then on Thursdays at noon Central Standard Time, it's the Campfire Cafe and Saddle Up America. And it all comes to you through the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Thanks for listening, and Mary Kay, I'll see you in a few, darling.
undertaker, please drive slow. For this body you are holding, Lord, I hate to see her go. Oh 